My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth, and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15-plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the birth experience with Labor Nurse Mama. Today's guest is one of my precious students, Kaylee, and she is going to share her birth story, which we all love hearing. I love birth stories. So welcome, Kaylee. Hi, thanks for having me. You're so super nervous. It's my first podcast. (laughs) Oh, so you're a podcast virgin right now. (laughs) Yeah, I've listened to, I think, every podcast you have and every other one on my library, every episode, but never been on. Here you go. I'm super happy that it's with ours. And I have the advantage, you guys, of really knowing Kaylee because she's been a student of mine for a while and she's come to our hangouts. And when I go live in the community, which I've really been slacking lately, she hops on and hangs out with us and we really get to know each other inside of our community, which I love. So let me tell you just a little bit about Kaylee and why I'm so excited excited to have her on. And one of the reasons is because she is a NICU nurse. So she is a sister nurse, which I love and so honored. It's so honoring when fellow nurses take my classes and they know that like I I didn't go to school to be a course creator or a marketer or online business owner. I went to school just like you to be a nurse and just so passionate about birth that Labor Nurse Mama was born from that. So can you tell everyone just a little bit about you and about this pregnancy? Yes, I am 30 years old, first time mom. My husband and I have been together for nine years now. So we got married one year ago in November and immediately got I would say our son. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were tracking it. So it was like literally the week of our nice. wedding would have been when we got Honeymoon, pregnant. Baby. Yeah. So we immediately got pregnant, luckily. And my pregnancy was pretty easy. Didn't really have a hard time in the beginning was just a little nauseous, but wasn't really getting sick. My whole pregnancy was pretty healthy, didn't have any issues. I saw midwives at my hospital that I work at. So that was nice. I was going to deliver there. And yeah, it was uncomplicated throughout the whole thing. And I went to 41 and 1. I went in when I was on my 41 week for my induction, but was already going into labor. Awesome. So how did you find us? Like, how did you find Labor Nurse Mama? I had been like on Instagram, just the algorithm started showing me all things pregnancy. Oh, you're pregnant? (laughs) Yeah, I think I 
found you on Instagram and then on Facebook and you were doing the Facebook. The fearless birth experience. Okay. Yeah. So I took those, but it was hard for me to get on because I worked night shift as a nurse. And so it was like the first hour I was at work was when the classes were. So every once in a while, I'd get on my days off. Sometimes I could hop on while I was at work. And I took those classes and then I bought the class when it was all done. And here you are. Yeah. And love (laughs) so much because I have a subset of students who get completely involved and they take advantage of all that we offer. And you were definitely one of those and came and hung out with us. And we all got to know you and walk this journey with you. So that I think is really what makes the difference in my students' journeys, because you can always buy the classes and just do them on your own and be done with it. And you get a wealth of information. But I think that the other things, the weekly hangouts, the showing up to the lives, participating in the community, getting to know the doulas, I think that's really what sets my program apart from other programs. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, for sure. Because my sister-in-law did we were pregnant at the same time and she did a different class and just talking to her about it and the differences. I'm like, I have this and I have this and I get to do this. and I don't get to do all that. <laughs> she should have come and joined us for heaven's sake. I tried to, I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I always like to ask people, and I think a lot of people would assume because you're a NICU nurse that you don't go into birth the same. But I would say that those of us who are in the industry might have a different set of fears because we see the worst case scenarios. So like before you took the classes, what were you feeling? Were you feeling like calm and confident or? Yes and no. I felt like my knowledge was a blessing and a curse. It was like, oh, I know what to experience because I go to all these different birth but at the same time I'm going to birth where the NICU is needed and something may go wrong so then it was like I have all this knowledge of what can go wrong so I'm thinking worst case scenarios for certain things and other people may not even have a gleam of knowledge of what going to 41 weeks may do and I'm like like freaking out so It definitely, I felt like I knew what to do for sick babies and not big, Mm -hmm. healthy babies and what to expect. So it was, I was definitely nervous, I think, going into it, but the classes helped so much. That was going to be one of my next questions. I was going to ask you, once you took the classes, did you feel like you were way more knowledgeable or knowledgeable about birth options? Definitely, because. I, even though I'm a nurse, I know things, I'm a baby nurse, I know things about babies and birth. I know the baby side, I don't know the mom's side. So I had no idea like the ins and outs of actually being a labor patient or even in labor and delivery. The classes helped so much and I felt like going in, it made me so much more calm, confident, knowledgeable. I felt like I knew not what I was doing, but what to expect a little bit more than before. And I think for, I'm sure you'll understand this, but I think there is a huge, how would I say this tactfully? There, There's a 
very big population of labor and delivery nurses and NICU nurses that make a lot of decisions out of fear and what if and worst case scenario where birth is a natural process. And so a lot of labor and delivery nurses specifically, they only know what we do in the hospital on, which is the normal where you intervene and you bring patients in and do this, that, and the other instead of letting the process unfold. And I am a huge, huge advocate for letting the process naturally unfold, but also knowing, and I've had six babies, three of whom were inductions and unmedicated and low interventions somewhat. I also know that you can navigate an induction much differently than what we see on average in the hospital. And I think that's what's so empowering is that you can combine the medical side of it with a really beautiful natural process of birth that I think a lot of times labor and delivery nurses and like I I would say sometimes my biggest like negativity on labor nurse mama comes from NICU nurses. And I want to be like, I, just like you said before, like you don't come to the picture perfect birth. You don't come to the birth that unfold the way they should. You come to the ones that something untoward has happened. So it's just like we all need to see a birth uninterrupted so we can see what's possible. That was just a whole long rant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. So let's talk specifically about your birth and going into your induction. What do you think helped you the most by having uh, the labor bat signal and by having the classes as you approached your induction? I think just having you guys and being able to have like another voice of reason because. I went in, I was due on Tuesday, July 25th, and I went in for my check, my 40-week check on the 24th, and I hadn't been checked. I didn't want to be checked because I was like, if anything happens before 40 weeks, surprise, I'm expecting to go to 41. I'm a first-time mom. So I did get checked and was hoping to have a membrane sweep when I went in, and I was closed tie and tight. Nothing was really happening yet. And I just remember messaging you guys like, oh, nothing's happening. I'm so ready. And just having those voices of reason and just knowing that, okay, I was probably going to go to 41, a healthy pregnancy, first time mom. There's no reason that I should be going earlier. And just having you guys, and even when I wasn't talking to you in the back of my head, like, this is what your body's built for. It'll happen how it's supposed to happen. Everything. So it was just being prepared to deal with that when I wasn't getting what I wanted really helped knowing that, okay, we'll unfold. And I always have you guys as a second voice to go back and ask questions. And when I'm freaking out, you guys are there to calm me down. I love that too. And I love getting in and seeing some of the responses that the doulas will have inside the labor bat signal because 
we come from such different, like they're just, their entire role is support and encourage. And ours as nurses, even though we do that, we still have the practical medical side of things that we have to do. So I love just seeing that evolve in the labor bat signal too. Okay. So you go to your 40 week, you're close, thick and high. You know in your head you have us encouraging you that more than likely you're going to go farther. Did you have a hard stop? I'm not going past 41 weeks or was that your personal? Yeah, that was my personal. I just wanted to, I scheduled my induction like for 41 weeks. And in that week between when I went in on the 24th and I went in on the first, I believe it was when my scheduled induction was. And I had an appointment on July 30th to be checked again. And knowing in that week, I remember talking to you guys and I was like, I'm just doing all the things. I was doing the mile circuit. I was curb walking twice a day. I was doing yoga. I was doing all the things. So personally, I just didn't want to go past 41 weeks because again, that NICU knowledge blessing and a curse coming in I was like no there I just don't I just well don't and sometimes for your own peace of mind that's what you have to do I think yeah. that's a personal decision and you know we support whatever decision you guys make yeah it was I did all the things in that week I don't so what happened in, with your cervix the day before so the day before I went in and they went to check me and I was four and a half and <laughs> I wish so like, you guys know I already know this that's why I was laughing was, a little she was like you haven't really had contractions I'm like I just thought they were like Braxton Hicks uh, they weren't bad I was fine she's like, that's pretty good to get to four and a half <laughs> it's truly all in your it's in your head I swear by this until my last breath that if in your head you are telling yourself this is horrible. This is hell. I can't handle it. You won't. But on the flip side, if you're like, oh, what is this? Is this? I don't know. This can't be. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And you ignore it. You can get so far. Yeah. It's it, truly mind shocked. over matter. It's insane. That's why on average, my students that labor at home get to the hospital between seven and eight centimeters. Because I'm like, ignore it. Yeah, it was definitely because there was even I think it might have been a night before that on Saturday night or Sunday night that weekend right before I went in for that 41 week check. I was having contractions pretty regularly and I had even called in because they were like five minutes apart lasting a minute for two hours, but they weren't terrible like I could I was still laying there totally fine so I feel like that was probably when a lot of change happened because I was actually feeling them but I called and they're like do you want to continue to rest I'm like yep haven't slept I'm staying home <laughs> then they just stopped but yeah it was I think that's probably when it all I, I would say it was a combination of all of it because you don't have to be in horrific pain for dilation to happen yeah, definitely. So I would say that just everything was a part of the recipe for you to get there. Okay, so when they said four and a half, did you like almost come up off the table? Yeah, I like looked at my husband and I was like, yes, it's all working. 
Yay! They were like, do you want me to sweep your membranes? I was like, yes, please. Sweep the shit out of that sucker right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they did. And I went home on that Monday knowing my induction was scheduled for Tuesday. And I went curb walking. Did another mile I circuit, remember like this. yeah. Did all You're the like, things on Monday, <laughs> yeah. And um, I was like, hopefully, I'll just go into labor tonight. And we went out to dinner with my mom. And while we were at dinner, I was like, I think that these are real contractions. Like they were a little bit more painful. They were all in my back, which I have a back condition, so I was already expecting my back to hurt more. Whether I had back labor or not, my back already hurt all the time. So I was like, Welcome to nurse life. <laughs> yeah. Don't, wait, you say, I know the exact patient that I hurt my back on. Yeah. Mine's actually from a college basketball injury, oh, but. I would different. hope you're not hurting your back on patients. They <laughs> on weigh NICU like babies. less. Yeah. NICU babies. No. Yeah, my exactly. patients on the other hand can be bigger. <laughs> yeah. But. So we were at dinner and I started just, it was all in my back, started having contractions. My mom, that's how I was with you. I think this is it. <laughs> so went to dinner, started having contractions, came home, still was having them on and off, but wasn't anything regular and just went to bed and woke up Tuesday and same thing throughout the day on and off. But then Tuesday evening, I started having more Still not regular, but definitely coming more often. And I was scheduled to go in Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And I think we ended up heading in at 6.30 because I was just so anxious. And they were like coming. And I was like, let's let's just go. (laughs) Went in Tuesday night and I got settled in around change of shift, like 7.30 p.m. And went from there. So tell us about your induction. Got there at 7.30. What were you dilated when you got there? I was still four and a half. They came and checked me. I was four and a half still. And She says still, like, that's a bad starting place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the nurse was like, I won't be surprised if they want to start you on Pitocin because you're already four and a half. And she left and I looked at my husband and I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do that. (laughs) the midwife came in which luckily it was a midwife that I had seen frequently throughout my pregnancy and she's like I think I'd rather just give you a cytotech and just see how we go from there because you still have a little ways to go I'm not too up to start Pitocin so I was happy with that plan so I got a cytotech around I think like between 8 and 9 p.m. And they were like, all right, see you in the morning (laughs) unless something happens. So I just, I was up all night having contractions. They kept coming in and being like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I feel them. But they're they're like, you're contracting really regularly. (laughs) Like they were surprised that I wasn't, I don't know, I guess calling out more or whatever. I was just, Laying in bed watching TV and so did that all night, went to the morning. I think they came in and checked me again around five AM, I wanna say. And I was five centimeters. Like You're like, so, ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, starting to soften a little bit more. They said, 
I don't remember the exact effacement that I was, but. But you must have been thicker for her to do Cytotec. Yeah. They usually, yeah, they usually won't start you on Cytotec if you're already thinned out some. Yeah. When I know when I went in at 8 p.m., like I definitely was thicker, but I think at 5 a.m., my head started to soften and thin out a little bit. Which is super important for a first time mom. This is my whole thing. Everybody gets so caught up on dilation, but with a first-time mom, it has to thin out to be able to really open. So even at four and a half, if you're not thinned out, like you're not going to make much more progress. Yeah. So she said that she wanted to give me another sight attack before we did anything, which I was totally fine with. So I don't think they ended up coming in until later in the morning, I think something, another birth happened and they were caught up for a few hours. So I didn't get my second sight attack until I think around 9am. It was like after change of shift. So got the second one. And at that point I was up for the day, didn't really sleep throughout the night, but was like ball bouncing. They able were able to finally find me a portable monitor. So I was ball bouncing, walking around the room, Went and sat on my dilation station for a while. and AKA the toilet, for those of you yeah. guys who don't know. It's a miracle worker. Yeah, I just did that literally all day long. And they checked me again in the afternoon. And I think I was about five and a half. So I wasn't making like tons of change, but I was thinning out. I went and sat on the toilet a second time and at that second time I don't know if that's what your body kicked in yeah my body I say this all the time there's cytotec contractions there are pitocin contractions there's cervidil contractions but when your body is okay whatever I'll do it that that's when it goes yeah so when I was sitting on the toilet that second time I had my husband was like heat pressure on my back and it just got like it got real And so I ended up getting up, I got back in bed and I feel like I might've blacked out for a little bit. (laughs) Like, I just don't really remember things start to get fuzzy because the contraction just started getting real. Like this was go time and it was all in my back. I had the worst back labor ever. Like I didn't feel it anywhere other than my lower back. And I just remember laying in bed and it was like, I was doing that like low guttural moan and it got to a point where I was like, I need to, I need something. So back, I, back pain is unbearable. It yeah, brings it to it, a whole different level. It was like, I had, I have back pain, but I have never had that back pain in my life. <laughs> so yeah, it's hell. I had that. With I, it was horrible. I asked them if I could do, nitrous because my hospital offers that and I that was my first line that I wanted to go to of pain management before anything else so I was so mad though because they had come in throughout the night to get anesthesia consent like they're like just in case something happens we have to take you into a c-section want an epidural like it's already done you already gave consent whatever I was like cool no problem Apparently, the nitrous consent is separate. Anesthesia has I knew to do where this was consent. going. 
So, Which is the I'm, last thing you want to do is consent when you feel like that. Yeah. So they're like, can you initial? And I'm like, I can't hold this pen right now. <laughs> so I don't even know what my initials looked like on that paper. But finally consented to that. They finally brought it in, got it set up. At this point, I'm like, feel like I'm about to fall over, even though I'm laying in bed. And they give me the nitrous. And I took two hits of it and was instantly like, no, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. So that's that it, it either works really well or it doesn't work at all, or it makes you very sick. Those are the three yeah. options. Yeah. She was like that, which they had said that was one of the side effects while I was signing the consent. And I just started getting so sick. I started throwing up instantly. Yes. And it was a mess. It was a mess. So I was like at the point where I was just like, screw it. I just want an epidural. Do we know like, what we're dilated to at this point or no? No. The last time I was checked, I really I was think still, you're in transition. Too. Yeah. I was still five and a half the last time they checked me. Not at that point. I guarantee it. So I wanted, I think that it's also hazy, but I think they did come in and check me again. No, they didn't before I said I wanted the epidural. So I said I wanted the epidural. And meanwhile, when anesthesia had been coming in and checking on me throughout the day, they're like, if you decide you want one, it's really better that we put it in before your water breaks. Because once your water breaks, things can start to really move. I'm like, okay, I want to try to do it without. So I look at the nurse, the nitrous didn't work. I'm getting sick. I'm like, I just want the epidural. Just get me the epidural. She's okay. I'll go get anesthesia. She goes to walk out of the room to get anesthesia, and my water breaks. <laughs> I really think, Kaylee, that you were hitting like seven centimeters. Yeah. So anesthesia came in, and they're like, "Oh, this is change of shift for us. You think you can wait?" And I look at them, and I was like, if "I will I tear your head off to, if I have to wait." That's what I was I like, say. "If I absolutely have to, I don't have a choice." But do I want to wait? No. And. The guy, it was the I same. Can't. Of course, it was a man that would say that. But he was the one that had been coming and checking on me throughout the whole night and had gotten consent from me. And I think he heard it in my voice because he was like, okay, I'll do it before I leave. And he came, he did it. My nurse, when they were all said and done, my nurse was like, I have never seen them set up and put in an epidural as fast as they just did for you. <laughs> She said, that is the fastest I have ever seen that move. Nice. They like, needed well, to. hopefully. They know so motivation, go home when I'm done with this epidural. <laughs> yeah. So he, they put it in. And after that, they checked, they did check me. And I think I was six and a half. So I was hitting, I was like starting to really hit that point. And they put it in and it wasn't, it was working, but I could, it was only working on like half of my side. So I think it was my right side was still having tons of pressure, tons of pain. So the guy didn't want to give me the extra medication. They said we could quote unquote, give you extra medication and he didn't want to give it to me because he's once we give it to you, we can't really give it to you again. It probably won't work. I don't really understand what he was saying because then the new anesthesiologist came in and she was like the head of anesthesia, had been there for 
20 plus years. And she's, I tend to do things a little differently from my experience. So we're going to give you that extra medication. (laughs) I was like, yes, please. Thank you. They gave it to me. It worked. I was, had my epidural working the way it should. And I think that they, at that point, they checked me again and I was eight. And so things were really starting to get going. I was, had the shakes really bad, which I know the epidural can do that, but I was literally like shaking off the bed. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, that's how I was. I feel so sorry for patients when I see that sometimes because it's very disconcerting. Yeah. It was funny though, because when they were the whole thing about this extra medication, my husband took all your classes with me and he took like the partner class. And when that when the lady anesthesiologist came in and she's, oh, we're going to give you the extra medication. My husband was like, wait a second. He said that if she got this, she couldn't get other stuff. And then she's going to be in pain and it might not work. And what if you give it to her? And then he's like trying to be my advocate. And and I'm like, I don't care. I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good for him. But, and she was like, it, it was funny, but he, everything was working the way it should, but now we have the issue that my man in there was not cooperating with us and he started having D cells and his heart rate kept dropping. So they were flipping me to the right, to the left, to the right. Like I was every 30 seconds flipping in bed side to side. So it was, I would say about an hour of just straight position changes and they came and checked me again. I think at this point it's 6.30 PM and I was nine and a half with the smallest lift. And at that point she was like, I forget what they even said to me. And I was like, I'd really like to try to labor down. And they're like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Just keep doing what you're doing as long as his heart rate cooperates. So Let let me pause for just a minute. So for those of you guys listening, and Kaylee said with just a slight lip, what she's talking about is a part of your cervix. When there's just a little bit of cervix left, we'll call it a lip. So that's what she's talking about. Okay, go ahead. So his, the nurse, I could tell just because from being a nurse, she's trying to flip me around. She really hasn't left my room because she's trying to get his heart rate to stabilize and it just keeps decelling and she's were you on oxygen at this point no I'm just epidural hitting my button and and no pitocin or yes no pitocin okay that's what I thought I have I don't even think I had nothing on board at this point (laughs) yeah they come in his heart rate keeps decelling I think I had one blood pressure that was like a little bit softer than what lower than what my other ones had been. I think that they did start a bag of fluid at that point. You should have had a bag of fluid going. You can't like with an epidural, you should have, you always have. Yeah, I guess they did, but I think they gave me a bolus. Yeah, they probably gave me an extra That's one of the first, that's one of the things we do for, I'm just surprised they didn't put oxygen on you. They gave me an extra bolus and the nurse was like, I really think you need to start pushing. I think we need to get this baby out. And at that point, I'm like, okay, that means 
his heart rate's down. It's not coming back up. We're having a hard time. Like my nurse brain is like starting to go. So we, the midwife comes in, they check me again. She's okay. I think we can start pushing. I was started pushing. I think I had been pushing for maybe five to 10 minutes and they were doing a really good job of letting me push on my side. And I didn't want to just be laying on my back. I was doing the tug of war towel pull. Like I had said from the beginning that I wanted to do that because both of my sisters had said it really helped them. So I really just, I wanted to start with that. I didn't even want to like progress to it. So I have been pushing for 10 minutes and she's, I am going to go get the doctor. His heart rate is just lower. There's going to be a lot of people that come in. I don't want you to be alarmed. And at this point, I know. You're like, oh, shit, the NICU's getting called. (laughs) (laughs) I know what to expect. So they haven't called them yet, but the doctor comes in and he was coming down well. Like I could, I was using the mirror. I could start to see his hair, but he just didn't want to, he was, I don't know if he, he wasn't was, coming under the, the uh, speed bump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Under the big bump. So, was he in a but, wonky position? Mm-mm, no, he was how he was supposed to. I'm wondering if he wasn't a little bit and then straightened up. He might've been, he might've been, but they, he sounds the doctor, like your whole labor sounds like a wonky position. It, it might've been. And I think that at one of my checks, one of the midwives did say she thinks thought he was a little wonky wonky. so he may have he sounds like a wonky baby but she wanted to use the vacuum which at that point I was like I just want him safely out I don't want to be no there's an appropriate use for a vacuum (laughs) yeah for sure because his heart rate had been it wasn't consistently down for so long it would recover but I knew it but kept enough going to exhaust down. him yeah exactly and I was like okay let's just get this kid out safely because now I'm starting to worry as a NICU nurse they now does your hospital call NICU when they put a they, um, vacuum when on? they said yeah so when they yeah. said we're going to do vacuum they called NICU which I had when I was at work I was like who's working during this week providers be prepared <laughs> yeah <laughs> So they called NICU and of course, nurse curse. I was the one that they called that 720 change. Of and they, shift. I remember this. Our yeah. phone systems to call NICU were down. So the delivery call didn't go through. It was just a mess. And I remember you <laughs> saying one of your coworkers was like, we didn't know it was you. Yeah. So they, the NICU did come. I think she called the charge nurse, which it was night shift charge. I'm a night shift charge nurse. So she like got everyone up there quickly, but the fellow and the nurse from the NICU came in and then the respiratory therapist and the nurse practitioner stayed outside the room. And if you need us, we'll come in just so it wasn't a ton of people, but they put the vacuum on. I think I pushed three times with the vacuum and he was out. So Came out, he ended up having a nuchal cord, which the cord, so the cord was wrapped around his neck once. So that was the reason for all the heart rate decelerations, they think. And my husband really wanted to deliver him. So they let him pull him out, even though he 
had all these issues in Nuclear. So my husband, there's a really funny video of him, not a video, but a live picture. And he's like starting to grab him and there's sound to it. And he's like, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. I <laughs> want this. I'll, I'll Would, send it to you. Yes. He's because Mac, my son, Malcolm, Mac was so slimy that my husband thought he was going to drop him. So oh, like, it's a, re- but you and I both know that does go through our heads sometimes. That's why I went for those of you guys, when you see a labor nurse or a NICU nurse grabbing the baby, you're like, oh my God, that doesn't look very comforting, but it is the grip you need for a slimy newborn. <laughs> yeah. So they threw him up on me and knowing This is just my personal opinion. No one told me this, but I think if they, if I hadn't been a NICU nurse and known to like immediately start to stim him, the stimulate him the way that I did, I think that they may have like cord clamped and took him over because he was purple, like purple, purple. And so they did delay cord clamp for a little bit, which is what I wanted. I was stimulating the heck out of him and he after I don't know about it was probably only 10 seconds but it seemed like 30 seconds he started crying got it together pinked up and was good and then we just stayed skin to skin and started golden hour and everything from there was good (laughs) oh that's so awesome thank you so much for sharing that so let me ask you a couple questions about your postpartum experience because I think that that is also really important to discuss because I think a lot of people don't you know talk about it as far as your healing journey I know some of it but what would you say has been the best what okay let me ask you let's say this again what would you recommend to a first-time mom what has been like the most impactful for you postpartum I think having the knowledge doing the postpartum class of kind of what to expect and also having other moms like the a community and even I had my stepsister and my sister-in-law both gave we all gave birth within six months of each other so I had them but every mom's journey is a little bit different so having a community to go to even if I wasn't asking questions because I was so tired and out of my mind and having I was able to search like okay, this and this, and people had posted in the past would pop up and I would read the responses. And so just having access to real life experiences and not just Google and articles <laughs> that tell yeah. you was so helpful. And then you have the, so you're, I'm assuming you're talking about in the community, yeah, in our yeah, community. Yeah, with you guys, and, sure. and then you have professional responses as well. So you've got the doulas, which we have Ashley is training to be a postpartum doula. And then you had, we had Taylor, we have Lene now and Allison and me. And like you said, like real mom voices of like their experiences as well which is huge. And that's part of why I picked the community we have is because it's searchable. Yeah, it was. I think that was the most helpful because as a first time mom, even I feel like 
second, third, fourth, like your journey may be different each time. So I think just having that access because I had no idea what to expect. I felt the little glimmer I had of what to expect in L&D before I even did the classes. I had no idea for postpartum. It was just really helpful, I feel, to have a place to go to get knowledge, to search things, to see, is this normal? Is this not normal? When will this end? What to expect here? What the hell's coming out of me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Even to get prepared beforehand, like to make ice packs and padsicles and this and that to have and what to expect, I feel, was so helpful. I love that so much. And and I even can remember like on the hangouts as you were preparing to go back to work as well and navigating some of those things with the other mamas. So for those of you guys listening, we've changed up things a little bit, but we have what we call our virtual access membership that you can buy our classes without it. But we really recommend that you upgrade to the virtual access because that is where like just this insane value happens and having access, like even as a labor and delivery nurse, I think, no, I know that having had, I I would have killed to have had access to the doulas. I've learned so much from them. And that's part of why I brought them onto the team. And then in the postpartum side of it, and I've said this a thousand times. So if you're a regular listener, you've heard this. I have, because I'm the same as you, Kaylee, I do labor. I don't like the babies. And I say don't like, not in a mean way, because I obviously love babies. I have seven. But they can't tell you what's up. They just go bad, and that's that. They don't give you a warning. They're just all of a sudden bad, where moms can verbalize, and I like the moms. I also am not a huge fan of floating to postpartum, and but my only real postpartum experience has been my own. And so the postpartum community has grown my knowledge and my understanding of what women experience during postpartum, because the truth is my friends and I didn't have time to talk to each other about the realities of it because we were in it. So if we met for coffee or whatever, we're, we have our newborns and we're taking care of them or our toddlers or whatever. So the conversations never got deep about really. But I feel like the weekly postpartum hangout, we're not we just some of those things that you might hide behind are gone. And you just have a freedom to be really brutally honest and real and raw. And it's been life-changing for me, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely nice, especially because there was other... I felt like when I was preparing to go back to work and I would come on the hangouts and stuff, I think there was a couple other moms that are nurses and did night shift when they first went back or had done night shift throughout having a baby and toddler and stuff like that. So it was nice to hear their experiences, bad and good and bad, because I wanted to be prepared for what it's going to be. And I've still only for a little over a month and I'm still trying to figure it out some weeks. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who works night shift going back to work? Give a couple tips. Well, I feel like I'm really lucky because my husband works from home and is like works for himself. So it's very flexible. So I feel like I'm lucky. Yeah, that I am actually able to sleep. Like 
I am able to come home from work and sleep from eight to two or uh, nine to two or get up, just get up to pump when I have to. So I feel like I'm really lucky in that aspect. But the one thing that I contemplated going back from day shift to night shift was I didn't want to miss anything with Mac. So going to night shift, I'm like, oh, he's sleeping the whole time I'm at work. I'm not missing anything. Because that's what I was, that was where my anxiety stemmed from, was missing things with him. So going back on night shift has been way easier for me. I have worked a couple day shifts and I absolutely still hate it. I'm definitely a night shift girl because one, I love night shift more. And two, I feel like I'm not missing anything. So my anxiety decreased significantly after those. Yeah, I went I didn't go back to work with Grayson until gosh, I don't remember, but it was day shift. But with Lainey I went back to night shift and I would agree. And I spaced my shifts out to where I didn't have to sleep all day the next day. Yeah. And I just went back part-time. Thank you so much for coming today. I appreciate you being on and you know we love you and we're so grateful that you chose us to be a part of your journey. It's been an honor. So thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been great to have you and I recommend you to all my pregnant nurses at work that are new moms. So Nice. Can't say well, you have a, do you know that we have a referral program? I do. I've seen it on there. You need to join it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kaylee. Well, thank you so much. And for the rest of you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, I'll see you again next Friday. Bye for now.